Tonight we'll be in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. It says, Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus himself is saying, come to me. Can we all just say, wow? Wow, exactly. Jesus himself is saying, come to me. He invites us all to come to him. It expresses the amazing desire and the love deep in his heart for all of us. He gives us a place of relief and safety and healing. It's like when our children are crying and we always tell them to come and then we hold them and we dry their tears and we try to make them feel safe. That's what God desires for us and so much more than we can give. We are the children of God and as the children, we need to be able to leave what is hurting us and step into that peace. My youngest son, Ian, he's a little bit more stubborn. He takes after me. And sometimes he doesn't want to leave that place. And I'll keep saying, Ian, come. Ian, come. And he'll be screaming and crying and he won't until finally he caves in and he comes. But he'll just keep hurting himself over and over and over. And that's exactly what we do. That's what sin does to us. We need to leave that and go to Christ. Living in sin, there is no rest and peace. There is only guilt and war with God. In Isaiah 57... 20 through 21 it says but the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest whose waters cast up mire and dirt there is no peace says my god for the wicked we have to take that action it can't just come we have to take that action and leave the sin so that we can have that deep intimacy and that deep relationship with god that he wants trusting in him for his every promise Even when he told me, sell everything, go to Africa, leave every comfort because I have better plans for you. I just had to memorize Jeremiah 29, 11 and just go because that's what we have to do. Following Jesus is not about carrying a heavier burden. Living a life for him makes the yoke easier. Like a woman going through labor pains. None of us can endure that labor pain if we didn't know that the baby was coming in the end. But we can endure that. In Psalms 55, 6, it says, I said, oh, that I would have wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Mark 6, 31b says, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. It doesn't say go on social media. It doesn't say turn on the TV. That's not rest. Those are distractions from what God's rest is. Sometimes these can even turn into addictions. I've seen so many people addicted to their phones. We go to restaurants, people don't even look at their kids, they're on their phones. That's not rest. This is something that, that Satan can use against us. Now, of course, I got so excited when we got the internet in Uganda because now I can do Facebook and keep up with people. But am I spending more time in the Word? Or on my phone. That's where we have our heart check. 
If we're spending more time on the phone, in social media, watching TV, doing those other things than in the word, we know that we're being held in bondage. What does that say about our hearts? He says, come by yourself to a quiet place and get rest. The rest only he can give. Medications, friends, people, everything. Nothing can give you this rest. Only he can give us that peace. He's the only one, even if I call my mom, even sometimes if I call Trudy and pray with her, it's only God that can give me that peace. If Muslims are coming to try to kill us, when my son has a 107 degree temperature and there's nothing I can do, there's nothing cold there. It's Africa, it's hot. There's nothing cold. It's only God. When my son hit his head on the pavement and there's nothing we can do about it but pray, it's only God. He's the only one that can give us that peace. Every time people say, well, aren't you afraid? Isn't it dangerous? I always have to remind myself that the center of God's will is the safest place for us. When my son and I are covered with staff, we have no doctors. He gives us that comfort and that peace. In the midst of loneliness and everything that Satan attacks us with, we can strongly say Psalms 4, 8, In peace I lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Tonight, let your mind rest. Give it to God and and get that rest that you need. We get rest by coming to him alone. He then says to take his yoke. Yokes are used to attach a team of oxen, which I know all of you guys know because Xavier is very detailed in all of his teachings and so is Trudy and all of the ladies here. I I really don't know why I'm up here, but (laughs) God uses the foolish. What can I say? (laughs) But they cannot do it alone. The oxen cannot do it alone. It's too much to bear. It's like if you or I'm sure somebody that you know, if you haven't done it yourself, if they try to pick up something heavy because they don't want to ask somebody else, they hurt their back. This is what we do spiritually when we don't do it with God. We can, we can hurt ourselves spiritually and even fall. God is saying, I have a work for you to do. And we were just talking about how much of sinners we are. And it's so amazing that God can still, like, I know deep down inside what I am. Ugh, you know? And God still uses me. I can't get over it. I can't get over that he loves me. Like, how? that's just so beautiful. There's no words for that. He says, stop struggling to do your own thing. I am so guilty of that. I'm always constantly trying to do my own thing. And God has to gently tell me again, like a mother with a child, let me direct your life. Let me direct your life. Taking on his yoke. Living in Africa, there's a dependency on God that I never knew here in America. We're dependent on him for everything. We see a spiritual warfare that Americans are blind to. And some even use as entertainment. But this is real. This is real. And I so much prefer what God has has placed in my life than what I would have had here. Americans blind themselves. and, And we need to start opening our eyes. We need to open our eyes. What used to crush me or worry me or keep me up at night here in America, when I go through those things in Africa, I'm like, eh, 
You know, <laughs> oh, we just got malaria again. You know, like we're in God's hands. That's the best place to be. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the great, the end, the great physician. He's everything. He gives us the desires of our hearts once we are yoked to him. Because once we're yoked in him, his desires become our joy. Now, it's harder for me to be in America. I get so frustrated with all the distractions. I can't handle these distractions. Even just trying to do teachings or anything like, there's the phone, there's my kids, there's everything. Everything is around you. There's even things from outside, doorbells ringing, telemarketers on the phone. Ay, 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 I can't. <laughs> I can't. Africa is just so simple. And being in God's will is just so simple. I don't know why we always have to complicate everything. Why do we like complicating everything? I don't get it. He says, come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Chuck Smith said, the more you know about God, the more you understand his love for you. The more you understand his love for you, the more you grow in love with him. And it's so true and it's so beautiful. You want to read his word and pray and seek him. All of those things come together. So many times I even catch myself. Maybe I'll be in a season where I'm praying, but maybe I'm not reading my word. Maybe I'll be in a season of reading the word, but I don't want to wait for his answers through prayer because I'm just impatient. All of those need to come together with the final result being the full, complete rest for our souls. He is our master teacher, the beginning and the end of all things. His word is our guide, and we learn from him. Seeing the way that Jesus was with his disciples, constantly reading how he loved them after all of the foolish things they do, it teaches me so much. It teaches me how to love the Muslims that are trying to kick us off of our land or kill us. It teaches me how to love our many daily visitors, even the ones that are stealing from us. And I'm watching them. And I'm like, I'm watching you. You have no shame. <laughs> he helps all of that. He's, he's seen all of that. And he loved them. And so as our teacher, he helps us to love them too. He helps us even when people... You know, sometimes people can be a little bit difficult, yeah? But, <laughs> but the great thing is that he loves us all, and we're all sinners. And he's constantly reminding me to remove that big plank before I remove that person's speck. And it's so beautiful when he does that. We can learn and trust God, like Jesus did before he was crucified in Matthew twenty six thirty nine. It said he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he prayed this many times, and this is deep prayer. Can we pray that same way? Or are we constantly saying, Oh, you know, I don't know if I want to pray that because it might make me uncomfortable. I don't know if I want to pray that because that means that, that this trial might happen or that lesson might happen. Jesus knew his loved ones were going to deny him. 
that he was going to be whipped and spit on, that those were the closest to him were still going to run away. But in all sober-mindedness and understanding, he followed God counting the cost. You know, my husband and I were, were getting ready for this new venture of, of reaching out to the community that we haven't gone down. And this is a new vision that God has just given us, and he's getting it all set up. But I'm, I'm trying to pray like Jesus did, and I'm trying to have that heart. And I'm trying to say, God, not as I will, but your will. I know that this is going to mean many more lonely nights. But when I'm crying, is Jesus going to meet me? Yes. Is all of the people that are going to hear his word and get saved more important than my feelings? Yes. <laughs> so whenever I feel like life feels even just a little bit too hard, I look at what he did. And even the hardest days that I've gone through, everything that I've gone through doesn't even touch the surface of, of what he's done for me. No matter what we're going through in here, he's gone through it all. And he's right there with us, holding us, saying, I already have this for you. Just rest in me. Just rest. Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. He is humble. He is not a teacher or a parent that's always yelling at us. He is gentle. We can always turn to him no matter what. No matter what. He gives us that rest for our souls. You know, it, one of the other things that he, he has shown me is through these Muslims. And especially through their time of prayer and fasting, I used to get so annoyed when they would always have their call to prayer, waking us up at all hours of the night, and I would get so frustrated. I said, I just want to break that speaker so bad. But he turned that into a time of me praying for them. We really need to pray for them, especially during that time, because they're literally starving their way to hell. There was a woman that I met and she talked to me about her two children that literally her husband had them do the fasting and they died. So what are we doing? What's holding us back? Are we too comfortable? Do we need to get out of our comfort zone? Do we need to get stretched? It says in Psalm 6, 1 through 2, My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. This is rest. But many others don't have this rest. Are we taking on his yoke and sharing this amazing invitation with everybody? Or are there times maybe in the supermarket or at the restaurant or anywhere that you go that maybe God's tugging at you to talk to that Muslim or maybe that transvestite and something's holding you back, whether it's fear, whether it's a shame to say that you're a Christian. Only you know what's holding you back, but we need to break that. In Hebrews 4, 9 through 11, it says, So there is still rest, still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest.
I see this rest and peace in the refugees. Many of them are Christian, and they've lost everything. Their family members have been slaughtered in front of them in the most horrific ways. They've walked many, many days, no food or water. They're just waiting for maybe some man with a panga or a, a machete to just come and rape them or their daughters, if they have daughters, take the rest of the belongings on their back. But they have a joy and they have a peace knowing that God still has a place for them. Their stories, one after the other, is worse than the other. And we look at it and we say, they're so poor, they're going through so much. But the peace and the joy that I see in them, they're so much richer than all of us. They're so much richer than all of us. Sometimes even people can cause us to have these burdens. Or sometimes there's problems that we keep running in our mind over and over and over and over. What if, what if, what if? That person, that person, that person. This happened, this happened. We just need to tell ourselves, stop. Even yell at yourself if you need to. I do it a lot. Then we need to pray. Give it to God. How many times have you ever heard somebody saying, oh, this person's going through this, this person, and they just keep running at you. You say, stop, let's pray. And as soon as you pray, all of that stops because you know God has it. We need to get rid of these thoughts and these feelings, ladies. No more pity parties. Jesus already endured it all. <laughs> Everybody had wronged Jesus, but we never saw him complain. We all struggle with our thoughts and our feelings, but we need to remember Philippians 4, 8. Mark that down, because this is one we should all memorize if you don't already. Whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, if there is anything of virtue, of praiseworthy, meditate on these things. When something happens to us, even in ministry, because ministry has people involved. So unfortunately, things are going to happen. When things happen, we need to run over these things. Okay, is this thought true? Is this thought noble? Is it praiseworthy? If the answer is no, get it out. That's of Satan, ladies. Get it out. Give it to God. Whenever you, you if somebody mentions somebody's name and you feel that inside, get it out. That's not God. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He does not want us to do it alone. He wants us to rest in his peace. He's saying, come, come rest in my peace. Are we resting in his peace or are we trying to do things on our own? When will we finally give it all to him? When? How long will it be? Will it be our last breath or will it be now? Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to encourage that we make sure that this holiday season we don't allow these distractions to take our minds away from the true reason of Christmas. We need to love our family members. Jesus loved all equally. We need to love all equally. And when you feel that coming up, give it to God. Keep praying. And he'll give you that rest. He'll give you that love. He'll give you that peace. No matter what you're going through, if you're losing a job, if you're having health problems, Jesus is there. Give it to him. 
and just enjoy that he came as a baby to endure all of this. Every single one of those worship songs, every single word should penetrate our heart. They were all so beautiful. So let's remember those things. Let's not get caught up in all of the distractions. Put them away. Let's remember what Christ is calling us to and our ministries and continue serving him. If we're at home, how are we serving him? What is God calling you to do? If you're at the supermarket, everywhere you go, there's something that God can use you. Let's make sure that our ears are open, our eyes are open, and that we're being willing. Let's stay focused on him. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for being that rest and that peace, God. We thank you for loving us as full of sin and muck and grossness as we are, God. We thank you that you still use us, God. We thank you that you give us each other, God, that we can pray with God. But most of all, God, we thank you that you are our good, good Father, our Heavenly Father, God, that wipes away our tears, God, knows the deepest part that maybe we can't share with others, God. And God, you restore us. You saved us, God, just so that you wouldn't be in heaven alone. How amazing is that, God? So we pray that we don't forget that even from the beginning, you started in the stable, God. You never had, God, what so much of us already have, God. So we just thank you that you did that all for us and for everybody else out there, God. So we pray that you give us the strength, the endurance, God, and constantly rebuke us, God, when we need it so that we can continue to share this invitation, this amazing invitation with everybody else out there that doesn't know it, God. And so we thank you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.